Are you ready to question everything you know about money and success? I set out to build a healthy relationship with money, but along the way, realized that no money issue is actually about money. Join me as I break down my old beliefs and learn what's really true. I'm Noe Kalfa, and this is the 90-Day Money Challenge. It's day 68 of my 90-Day Money Challenge, where I'm questioning everything I know about money, success, and work. And today's belief is all about the people-pleasing. Today's belief is, I always have to be nice. Maybe you're familiar with this one. I know I am. I grew up with that always have to be nice kind of uh, pressure. And this can come up in client relationships. It also comes up in our personal lives. And it is so important to question this one. And today, this one seemed like the one to do. So let's dive in here. I'm using as my situation... uh, fairly recent client experience uh, from maybe a couple months ago where uh, there was some conflict and disagreement and this thought really came up a lot. I have to always be nice. I always have to be the nice one. And what this does is you'll we'll see it as we go along, but it really creates this whole spiritual bypassing layer on top of our actual feelings that prevents us from actually being kind. And so in my mind, I have this difference between kind and nice. And kind has honesty and clarity to it, whereas nice is like a mask that's really based in fear of conflict. So let's dive in and see what's going on here. All right, first question of the work, I always have to be nice. Is it true? So I took a look at my business and this client relationship and I thought, well, yeah, it's true. I always have to be nice. Otherwise, people will just go away and leave. And that's bad for business. So yeah, I always have to be nice. I always have to put on a nice face and be, you know, good vibes only and that kind of stuff. And so I sat with it further, uh, as, as you might guess, with me doing the work here for 68 days. I've Learn to sit with that first response. I sat with it further, and a few things popped up. One is that I saw, well, this worry that people will go away if I'm not nice means I need these people to be around, which is a belief worth questioning, and uh, means that, that I'm bad if I'm not nice, which is also worth questioning. What I saw is that I actually don't need everybody to like me. I'm okay with that. I'm kind of too old for that anymore anyway. What I need more is for me to like me. And that happens when I'm honest and when I'm in integrity and when I'm aware of my feelings, when I'm sharing them in a kind way, but in a clear way. That's when I like myself the best because I'm not holding on to anything. There's nothing extra that I feel worried by that that causes resentment or buildup or uh, avoidant, anxious patterns. All of that stuff is clear when I'm honest, when I'm in touch with my feelings. So no, I always have to be nice. Is it true? No. Now, when I believe I always have to be nice, what happens? 
right? And take a look for yourself. What happens when you believe that you always have to be nice? Find specific moments in time. Yeah, get get really specific with it. So the first thing I noticed in this situation with this one client was that I feel angry underneath it. That's like the main gist. And it sort of makes sense if you think about it. Like niceness as a cover-up is really focused on covering up anger because anger doesn't seem nice. You know, sadness can seem nice. Fear can seem nice. But anger is sort of the villain of the, the core feeling world. And so nice and anger really go hand in hand. Uh, so I noticed that I felt angry that I got myself into this situation where I I, I can't share what I really think. Uh, I can't share that I feel like you know I've had my own boundaries crossed here um, and sort of trapped under the the need to be nice because it's good for business because I don't want anybody to run away and then pressure and. Yeah, just that I'm saying things that I don't necessarily believe just to placate or please. And there's a kind of over generosity in that that really is that pleasing thing that just creates resentment. It's like paintbrush after paintbrush of resentment building up the layers. And it's, uh, it's cost me a lot of time a lot of effort, and a lot of money to be constantly over-pleasing and over-giving, which is really unkind to me. It's not nice to me, actually. And yeah, it's cost me lots of time, lots of money, lots of energy, uh, because I always just give up. I say, okay, you know what? You take it. You take it all. I just don't want to have a conflict. And so the whole thing is really wrapped around fear of conflict. And I become super avoidant and scared of having a conflict because a conflict could mean that somebody goes online and spreads all kinds of horrible stuff about me or my business. Right, so public humiliation is on the line. Um, and conflict you know, they could say something that's really hurtful. Um, it's, it's when I'm believing that I always have to be nice, like this kind of way that I grew up, it's really based on conflict is really bad. It's final. There's no recovery. There's no kind of repair. There's no, like conflict isn't a good thing. It's a bad thing. And so it's really death. It's like the end, and I want to do anything possible to avoid the end. And so what I end up doing, if I look back at some past relationships, there's one client that I remember really dragging it out because they were pretty unhappy and ended up, in my opinion, being pretty harsh and unreasonable, and they, they wanted this and they wanted that and they wanted that, and I went into trying to fix it and avoiding the conflict part and just trying to placate until they were done, and they were never done. And so it kept going on and on and on, and it dragged out this long project that ended up really not being worth the money, not being worth the business. And that was a big wake-up call lesson to me uh, to that it's okay to fire clients. It's okay 
for it not to be a good fit, and it's okay to lose money, right? Which we questioned uh, a few days ago. So all that fixing energy, that trying to put band-aids on little problems on the surface without addressing the deeper problems causes more problems and makes it worse. It actually makes the issue go deeper. And then once I'm kind of underneath all that fixing obsession, then I also have this avoidant obsession, which is part of what makes that fixing worse, is that the the more resentment builds up, the more I want to push away that person or that situation and to kind of escape. So I escape into movies, into TV, into uh, gossip. You know, I, I am trying to get out of it. I don't want to sit with my feelings because it's so uncomfortable to feel angry when I think I'm supposed to be nice because that cognitive dissonance is forcing me to see that I'm not always nice, which is just the reality for everybody, that we're not always happy and good vibes. You know, I've always thought that good vibes only is something that Darth Vader would say. And if you actually are as much of a Star Wars nerd as I am, you'll see that uh, you know one version of what is the dark side, it's really just the light trying to force itself on other people. Right, and trying to create that always, you always have to be nice, right? That is the dark side. That is uh, a very dark way of being because it's covering over a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment. All of those dark feelings are in there. And then finally, how do I treat them and how do I treat myself? Well, I treat them like the villain. When I believe I always have to be nice, it's because they are not being nice and I'm the one who has to be nice. So I'm treating myself like the victim and the hero, like I'm getting screwed, but I have to come save the day and they're the villain and they're causing all the problems. And so it sets up this imbalanced view of reality of the situation of what's happening. So let's take a look. Totally free of the belief that I always have to be nice, how would I see the same situation? So if I was looking at this same client interaction, what I would see without the thought that I have to be nice is that what I really want here is for everybody to be happy, me and them. I want a a fair situation And so what I want is to kindly be honest and to be honest, to share, hey, there's a conflict happening here. We have to address this. This is important in order for us to move forward. I want to be really clear and I feel unafraid to do so when I'm free of the belief that I have to be nice. And I'm free also of this addiction to the fixing, to thinking that I, I have to fix everything with a Band-Aid. And so I'm able to just sit there. And what I notice when I go back there is what I want to do is just be there, be in the uncomfortable, awkward pauses as we try to navigate the root of the conflict and make a real solution to it without me trying to get out of the conflict by coming up with quick solutions and then trying to apply them and then, oh yeah, no, 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 you know, pleasing, pleasing, pleasing. No, I've got this and pleasing, pleasing, pleasing. 
and them feeling more and more like, well, what's going on here? And I don't know if I can trust you. And that, you know, it's on, on one side is pleasing on the other side is lack of trust. That is for sure what I have noticed in my experience. So free of the thought, I feel kind and clear and unafraid. That's where I want to be. So let's take a look at what might be more true than I always have to be nice. Right? One turnaround is I don't always have to be nice. What I saw when I looked here is that in order for me to solve the real problem here, I have to be honest, not nice. It doesn't mean I have to be mean, but niceness, trying to be nice, is a different pathway than trying to be honest. And it's a pathway that doesn't lead to the actual solution, whereas being honest does. Another example of how I don't always have to be nice is just as true or truer than I always have to be nice is that I don't always have to be nice because it's because trying to be nice has just covered things up. It's just put band-aids on problems and those band-aids eventually get layered on top of each other and become new problems that I have to deal with. We eventually have to remove those as well. So I don't always have to be nice. And then finally, if I'm thinking that I always have to be nice, I keep shoving down my own frustration and the other person can't actually emotionally connect with me and I can't connect with them because I'm just stuck in this kind of stuffed down emotional world. So for me to actually be honest about, hey, this process is frustrating because of this, you know, what can we do about this? That kind of honesty actually creates some emotional connection and it creates the ability for them to understand what I'm going through. Maybe then we can find out underneath the feelings, what do we need? What are the needs going on? We can actually have a nonviolent communication moment there. So another turnaround of I always have to be nice is I always have to be mean. And this one's really interesting because at first you might think, well, it's never good to be mean. But that's exactly the point of I always have to be nice is that we're not even looking at what, at, at how meanness is coming through here. So when I believe that I always have to be nice, what I see is that it creates this long-term meanness where I end up making the situation worse and getting more and more angry and frustrated, which is starting to cause a meanness because as you build up anger underneath the surface, it will come out as with any emotion. There is no way to completely contain our emotions, which is part of the human problem with trying to uh, always have our stuff together without any kind of vulnerable expression is our emotions are more powerful than our minds in that they will they will express themselves one way or another eventually so trying to stuff it under the nice umbrella is eventually going to cause that thing to explode in meanness right i always have to be mean when i'm trying to be nice always another example of how it's true that i always have to be mean is that 
the resentment keeps building up inside. So in my mind, I am being mean when I'm being nice outside. I always have to be mean when I'm believing that I always have to be nice, right? And another example here is that when I'm believing I always have to be nice, what what's really happening is I'm being mean to myself too because I keep crossing my own boundaries by trying to please the other person. I keep stuffing and saying, no, you have to be nice. No, this isn't valid. I keep invalidating myself and feeling crazy as I'm trying to please this other person because I'm afraid of what will happen if there's a conflict. Whew. Yeah. I want to shake off that pleaser, right? Let's do a little bit of shaking here. Shake with me wherever you are. Maybe a couple breaths. <sighs> yeah, this one I can feel is one that I'm going to have to keep going into. You know, I have some early memories of really uh, having adults telling me that I have to be nice and that I have to smile and things like that or certain things that I have to say to be polite, right? Politeness is the enemy of honesty. <sighs> and at the same time, kindness is really the antidote here. Kindness to all which has some amount of honesty and clarity in there, yeah? So we're not saying be mean, but what we're noticing is that when we force ourselves to be nice, we are forcing ourselves to be mean. That's where it's linked up. All right, good work exploring this today. We're going to keep on going. It's day 68. We've got how many days left? 22 days, is that right? 22 days. Wow, this has been going on for a long time, and it's been so good. I'm like starting to feel the tectonic plates shifting around me where I'm just thinking different thoughts about money, right? And what I'm noticing in the external world is that I've been receiving more and more money, and yet I don't feel like I'm caught in the same addictive cycles of I need more money and I need to buy these things to fill the the hole that I don't feel wealthy or worthy in. So it's worth questioning these beliefs. I'm seeing this, that I feel like everybody should do this 90-day process at least once in their lives. All right, that's it for today, and I'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the 90-Day Money Challenge. All episodes are available in video form with me, Noe Kalfa, waving my arms and wearing spiffy new outfits every day. You can access these videos and join the conversation by following at Noe Kalfa on Instagram. This podcast is a production of Worth the Journey with editing help from Simone Sanz and art by Malcolm Renee Ribot. Worth the Journey is the business and marketing agency I created where you can find everything you need to launch and grow your heart-centered business from virtual assistance to business coaching to website and graphic design. Our team is seriously amazing. You've got to check us out at worththejourney.com. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.